Know Thyself is dedicated to the exploration of the most rewarding task an individual can ever embark on, the journey to find oneself. Our intention is to investigate the universal principles that have equipped our species to seek the treasure of all treasures, self-knowledge. With your host, Daniel Polinski and Eduardo Manteca, this is the Know Thyself Podcast. Game on. Welcome. Welcome to the Know Thyself Podcast. <laughs> I'm here with Daniel. Hello. How's it going, man? I'm Eduardo. And uh, today, we will be continuing our um, discussion of Mission of the Soul. Last week, we were on step two of the process of alchemy with uh, dissolution. And so as we've broken this up from the seven steps of alchemy, or seven stages, we keep going through the structure of the soul, and again, the mission of the soul. And more specifically, what we want to bring today is a cycle of necessity. And so I really enjoyed reading a lot about the cycle of necessity, kind of giving me sort of a container in order to understand what is really occurring when it comes to maybe our understanding of reincarnation of the soul or where the soul um, belongs and what stage it's on on its way back to the astral realm. And so there's a lot of details in this, but it's it's pretty um, straightforward as far as like what it really takes for the soul to make its journey and how it's fueled by its energy and hopefully an energy that comes from love, right? In Mission of the Soul, we briefly brought up the cycle of necessity and didn't have a lot of time to cover all that it entails. So this episode will be dedicated to really kind of breaking down the idea of the cycle necessity and what the soul um, is going through from the astral realm into onto earth, I should say. I'm yeah. not really sure. Um, but I will let you kind of do a better job. Of no, I think that was perfect. That was a that. perfect introduction, man. And that's exactly what we're doing today. It's really the, it's the second part of the mission of the soul, which mm-hmm. was what we did in between the the two episodes on alchemy. And we'll kind of continue this conversation about the mission of the soul, because really with the mission of the soul, we're really studying the science of the soul. And with alchemy, we're really studying the science of transformation. Okay. Right? So we're yeah. going to kind of learn them coexisting together. That's awesome. And, right. And that's a really important aspect. So, you know, to kind of touch on what we wanted to kind of discuss today, and I think through this whole seven-week process that we kind of continue this conversation, we'll probably touch on a lot of the stuff multiple times that we kind of introduced in Mission of the Soul. And it will just kind of keep kind of being this furthering dialogue because this is, the science of the soul is, it's endless in that information, right? right? You know, the Egyptians studied it for thousands and thousands of years. And even if they couldn't get an answer, they would pass on questions for generations and generations. Mm. You know, like just even that discipline, to even think about that, that they would struggle with a spiritual understanding and a spiritual idea with the aspect that they are just birthing this into consciousness and it won't actually flourish in their lifetime, but it will be through generation and generation and generation. And again, being able to see these bigger patterns to really understand what universally is actually happening here gives that, that aspiration to be able to do something like that. So again, this, this whole us touching in the science of the soul for seven weeks is just a a beginner, right? right? It's just like a hop right in. But, um, Let's kind of continue that conversation. So what we kind of came up with as a definition of what the soul does 
was um, I think really important to kind of just go over as we as we continue this conversation. So the soul is kind of that two part aspect. It records experiences and organizes them, right? And then it also attracts form to manifest consciousness, right? And that's going to be really important that that attractive force of that. And that's really actually how we justify the idea of attraction, like the law of attraction and the law of vibration. It's because you have a soul essence that attracts forms. And that's what we're going to kind of talk about, this the whole idea of the cycle of necessity. As you go through experiences, your soul not only records the experience, right? And it, and it saves it into the astral realm, into that universal consciousness, but it also attracts a form to be able to go through these experiences. And at the same time, pushes that away when it's done, when it's filled up all the experiences it right. needs to do, right? And so that's kind of where the story, keeping that in the mindset, let's kind of go right back to the beginning of the story. And when I when I spoke on this last time, you know, it's funny, sometimes we, we listen to the episodes and sometimes we don't. And I re-listened to this one and I realized that I said it was almost when we got differentiated because the idea is we were in universal consciousness and we were one, but we didn't get in like individualized yet right so we're just one with source right so there there is no i in this aspect we are just one with source and we saw it as this beautiful potential right and it's this manifest energy that needs to manifest and we kind of talked about how through the evolution of consciousness and through the lives we live we are actually evolving that unity god consciousness right right and through these experiences it's, it's almost living through us right so you can't stay in that source forever. And at some point you get differentiated, right? And you actually break off. And so when you do that, the first thing you do is, and I, and I kind of said, there's this hermetic story about how it's almost us with one and then we look down. And once we look down into the darkness, into the abyss, that gravitational pull kind of pulls us down. And I think I said desire the first week. And it's more of like an internal impulse. Right. Okay. So we don't really have desire at that point in that realm because we're still not indifferentiated. It was just like impulse within us, which really shows that the soul gets pushed on this journey. Right. As, as just as much as it goes on this journey. Right. It's that internal impulse that just kind of makes us look down. And then that gravitational pull is going to start and it's going to start pulling you down. And as you make your way through, you're attracting around you highly spiritual forms to have your first kind of spiritual experiences from. And then you actually, you're doing the de-evolution. So as you move down, you get coarser and coarser forms. So you make your way from the spiritual, you make your way from the angelic, you make your way into the astral. And through this, you're always attracting forms, right? But you're not, at this point, you're really not, you're creating experience more for that's going to be used once you hit earth and you start the ladder back up. Right. Okay. So what we're doing is we're collecting these spiritual essences. We're collecting these astral ex, um, experiences. So you can, it's almost like the building of your soul on the way down. Right. Right. So this is helping you get everything so you can actually organize information. So you can actually recall. Um, and again, being able to self-conscious do that will come way down the line. Right? right. Because as we make our way and we make that fall down into matter, we go through all the different spheres we have, once we're able to, our soul is able to attract a coarse enough element, I guess, to come through, that's when we manifest as a mineral. Hmm. And that's like the first life that we have. Right. Right. And then we make our way through the mineral realm. And we're, at that time, we're recording experiences, we're organizing experiences, 
and we are attracting new life forms to us. Right. Right. So, and then as we have corrected all the experiences we need to do, our soul rejects that and it pushes that away. And then we go into the astral realm and there's like this organization period, right? And then as you organize and you become a more complex soul in the process of experience and organization, you're now ready to attract a new form. Okay, so you're going to attract a more complex mineral form, right? Right. So you're going to kind of make your way up crystals and it's just going to keep making its way through that, right? Mm -hmm. So then you, as you go through these experiences, your last ring on the mineral ladder, say you're on the highest note and you're about to move to the next octave, right? that next octave is going to be vegetation, right? On that transition, you have a longer stay in the astral realm because not only is it exp- is it organizing the past life, it's organizing all the information that is encoded into the mineral. So every mineral experience is kind of getting organized. It's getting um, put in, it's getting classified. It's an experience. Right. It's an experience of your soul, right? So you have this longer stage. So what we're kind of seeing here is the first two steps of what we call the ladder to heaven or the ladder to self-consciousness, right. okay? So it's like a seven-step process. This, the, the story of man and women is the same process. So you start off in that farthest planet, which mm-hmm. is the seventh, right? And then the next stage is that elongated stage of the astral realm where, where experiences are being organized, right. right? And you're making that happen. It's such a fine organization because you're about to jump up an octave and you're about to attract to yourself a more complex life form. Right. Right. And you can only do this through experience. All knowledge has to come through experience. Right. So you make your way to vegetation. Okay. And you probably start as like a blade of grass, like, and life starts getting happening a lot faster. Mineral was going to be really slow. You know, the, the rocks move slower. It's a longer process, but mineral is going to be a little bit faster because you start off as a blade of grass and then you're going to make your way to a plant and you're going to make your way to a tree. You're going to make your way to a flower. And we'll talk about, we're going to go back and kind of talk about this because you can see this personality in people, right? right. And we're going to kind of talk about it in um, how how reincarnation is kind of compare this to human reincarnation. But again, at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. And that's what the great beauty thing about this whole conversation is. But no, everybody kind of agrees on this aspect that we're talking about here with this reincarnation of how the soul- You mean like taking a new light form? Yeah, like always a more complex one, especially in this stage, right? So the idea being you're never going to come back as a blade of grass twice. Right. You're always going to attract a more complex experience, so you're going to attract a more complex- life form, right. right? So you make your way to mineral. So now that's the third step because we started in the mineral, we went to the astral realm, and then I'm sorry, and then we went to the vegetation and that's the third step, right? right. And this is where we get stuff like our chakra system. Mm-hmm. This is where we get the idea of photosynthesis and using the energy of the sun, right? We're getting all this stuff from these experiences that we use in our body that we're not consciously aware of. Yeah, they're okay. encoded within us from the previous experience that and, we lived through. Right, and this is probably our DNA. This is probably what that, like, this is all the code is, and this is why we only know, like, 15, you know, we know a very limited amount about the DNA, and this is probably what's encoded, and they probably do, somebody knows about this, you know, but they just yeah. keep it to themselves, but... We're not. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, but that's exactly what it is. You're getting that whole vegetation. You're getting the idea of taking energy from the sun. Um, you're dealing with the elements. You're really one with it, and it's a it's a very fast life. Right. Um, until you make it up higher in the ring, and you might have like a tree, and then that's going to be a really long experience, right? And so you're going through the same thing. You're going through all these experiences. You're recording these experiences, and then you go to the astral realm in between lives. 
And as you make your way up the plants, you're going to go to the fourth step. And that's going to be that next stage in the astral realm. And you're going to organize all those experiences that you just had. And then again, through this, your soul, because it's now more complex, is going to attract a more coarser, more complex life form. Right. Right. And this is the process that we go through. And this is when you approach animal. Okay. And you're going to start off as a basic animal and you're going to make your way all the way up into emotionally aware mammal. Right. That's going to be kind of the end. Right. Um, because that's where like the limbic system is developed and everything like that. And again, right. these are all processes that are within us that go through like the idea of digestion, the idea of digesting meat, like how your body knows how to do this. Everything we know about knowledge has to come from experience. Right. So even like a scientist when presented with this would have to give it some kind of idea because science does claim in a lot of schools that, you know, all knowledge comes from experience. Right. Right. Unless it's like some crazy postmodern scientist that's risen up in the last couple of years, most science is based on that aspect. So we can kind of see that correlation very easily when we just really just kind of start thinking about it, right? So we're going to climb that aspect of an animal and we're going to make our way up. And you notice humans, you notice mammals with human traits, right? right? We see that especially in our pets with like our dogs and our cats or horses. And I bet some people that listen to this have like really crazy, awesome pets. And we even see this in our like, you know, you see it even in like your reptiles and stuff like that. You could just relate to them. It depends on, you know, right. what kind of animal you relate with. Um, can I and, ask a question and yeah. really quick on that? Because I want to make sure this is fresh in my mind. When you said, um, when I was reading about this, when perfecting the host that you've embodied, um, and you say you don't return as a blade of grass again, do you think there's, um, as you're becoming more complex in your host or whatever you are now um, living in, do you, do you think like such a thing as like a mammal that has emotions and has a way of thinking that makes its way back a couple times? Because my question is, have you ever noticed when there's almost like that phase where an animal, it's like, this is probably your last time as an animal. You're about to like, yeah. And then there's others where you're like, oh, you're still in an animal state where like there is not an idea just yet of the animal's right. awareness of like, oh, why is this owner or this um, individual who considers me part of his family or pack um, giving me so much for nothing in return mm-hmm. where there's the other animals where are like, Oh, we're on the same page, buddy. And yeah. Like I love this dog, you know? Right. So do you think that's like, it's a little more complex than when it comes to the animal kingdom versus like, obviously something more, sim- not simplistic, like a blade of gla- grass, but you know what I mean? Like a well, blade of grass probably only perfects itself that one time it needed to but do you think an animal has to go through several? Well, I think it um, it goes through a lot of stages of having emotional intelligence. Right. But what I think you're you're kind of alluding to there is though is you meet babies and you meet people who are old souls, right? Mm-hmm. And you meet people who are just naturally funny, and like you meet dogs that are just funny. Right. Like you can meet you can be petting a dog and be like you're going to be really smart as a human. You could be petting another dog and you're going to be like you're going to be really funny as a human. And you could even be petting a dog and be. Like, you're going to be very loving as a human, right? right? Sometimes you hit the jackpot and you get all three, you know? Most dogs, you do get all three, right? They're just like great energy, right? So, but what we're seeing here is the characteristics of the soul kind of coming out early. And this is how, this Mm. is the the form that the human's going to kind of take, you know? And then I think there's certain people that are really, you know, like the people with like amazing memories and kind of those old souls, those professor types, 
like maybe they were elephants. Maybe they had a long time in a limbic system. And maybe those ones, people that are really connected to earth, right. maybe they were a redwood. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Like definitely. maybe they spent more time in that vegetation, that tree state, and they have this kind of old soul. And even, and I'm not saying bad about like the animal, the rat, because I think rats are, I think all animals are cute. And if the tail was just a little bit different, but even that characteristic, like you met people who might be kind of sleazy and like in your mind, you're like, that person kind of is a rat. And then you look at them and they're like, oh my gosh, they look like a rat. And no offense of like, because rats can be the most, you could be a rat and beautiful at the same time, right? But it also has that negative tendencies of what that could entail. No, it's very true. It's, a, you know it's what I mean? a, That's why I was saying at the beginning of the episode, I really like this topic because it's giving us a container to talk about something that we all sort of have experienced, which is the the essence of someone that you feel like relates to something you've known either by the trait of an animal or by right. the experience of someone much older and you just can't you, but you can't really pinpoint it because it's like really hard for us to even take a word like the essence of, or the aura of right. and make it quant quantifiable, I yeah. guess. Um, so that's why I really like this, but go on. Yeah, no. And it's, it's so true. And like, look at the divide against dogs and cats. Like cat owners are like, oh no, cats are the best. And dog owners are like, oh no, dogs are the best. And I mean, some there's people that have both, right. And they love them both. But like those ones that are really pulled to one side, you're just like, you have to start thinking, like, I wonder if you were a cat or I wonder if you were a dog, Absolutely. you know, and it's just so mm -hmm. funny. And just the, the characteristics we see in animals and how they do kind of manifest through the human. But that's exactly what we're talking about here, man. Like, we have these old souls. We have all these different archetypes that come up, which is like these essences, because you've met an old soul before, you know? And so reincarnation says this was through experiences of the soul prior, like it was a tree or it was a, um, you know, or they spent a lot of time as a mammal, right? you know? Um, and it's just was kind of in their stars as well. They have that like Saturn kind of energy. They, they've got those astrological symbols where human reincarnation will say in old souls because they've done it several times. Right. They've had this human experience multiple times. Oh yeah, definitely. You know? So, and that's where we can see the whole, the, um, the two mentalities of thought on that one. And it's a beautiful conversation to have because whatever you resonate with, it really, again, it doesn't matter because this whole thing's about character development. Even if we believe in human reincarnation, you don't want to keep coming back. You want to be figuring out what you need to do to make it to that next level, right? right? So we have the West, old school West, that really kind of believes that you have one human life. And then we have the East who believes you have multiples. But at the end of the day, the game's the same. Right. So we just always continue with character growth, you know, spiritual evolution and sharing the idea of love, you know, Absolutely. and that's kind of what motivates this whole, this whole thing forward. And, um, but it's an, it's a fascinating subject and it's, it's one of those subjects that like, if someone's talking to me about reincarnation, like somebody can be talking to me about reincarnation and human reincarnation, but either way. I'm just like falling in love with the person. Yeah. Like, cause it's just a, such a beautiful topic. Like they could be an 85 year old man and I'm just swooning. I'm just like, Oh, tell me more, man. Like, yeah. I love it. So you can even entertain both aspects cause it really, really doesn't mind. It doesn't matter. Right? right. Cause at the end of the day, we know what we need to do. Um, and, but it's such a fascinating thing when we're kind of thinking about reincarnation because even like, like, and again, we're kind of really putting on that third eye when thinking about this. And I'm just kind of throwing out theories here, but it's something that's come to my mind um, before. And you think about, and it might be my history background, you think about when a civilization is expanding, mm -hmm. right? Especially like, I kind of think about being an American history student for so long. I think about the expansion westward and how we had to like 
to put the railroad through and to put the highway system through, we had to use dynamite to blow up mountains, right? So anytime the civilization expands, it kind of breaks up minerals. And then what do we see, you know, 50 years, 100 years down the line? We see populations rising. And I'm not saying that it's completely related to it, but it would make sense as expansion, as we move outwards, we have to break up the earth, which breaks up the minerals, which starts more souls on the journey. Absolutely. Does that make sense? Absolutely. You brought this up once and we were having a fun discussion about this, but you're like, well, you can always correlate like what you just said. We'll take an example of the time where the Western expansion is happening at a rapid pace and there is this you know, annihilation of certain uh, natural uh, resources, but then you get men in an abundance who are more integrated into the earth and what it has to do with the earth, like the gold rush, that you have people who are putting their hands into the soil and the water, but might have already came from a, a place of like having that experience a long time ago. You know right. what I mean? I think that's, I think that's what you you and I discussed a while ago, I could be making that up, but I kind of remember you saying like, no, you, you'll see like the trend of like, there's this group of people or this sort of cultural um, influence that probably derives from like where uh, that region was um, open to giving more energy to souls to come and mm-hmm. have this experience. And people just have a know-how that you try to question about. You're like, well, how, how do they even know how to be there or go there? It's like the same thing to say with, say, natives in the, in a jungle um, or in, in the Amazon. It's mm-hmm. like, well, so many trees and so many animals have fallen who already cohabitat, had a cohabitat, way of cohabit, or uh, coexisting, I'll say it, okay. just because I can't say the word. But then as, as they move on to the next phase and the next phase, and they finally reach like this human form, the human form already has all the knowledge. So it's like, how do they know what was medicinal, what was not? How was everything guided by them? There's, there's got to be some kind of like reciprocating yeah. energy that's just kind of coming right back into it. You know what I mean? At, right. a, at a rapid pace. Yeah, no. And you know, that's again, man, that's, especially being a student of history and we're kind of talking about it. Nietzsche, when he was explaining history, it, it was a total can opener for me because he explained you study history to understand the consciousness that you're a part of, of being a human and how you're imprinted with that consciousness as well right. too, you know? And I really think that's kind of that force that almost comes with that ego, that life force. And that's where we get the, the perennial philosophy from. That's where we don't only get the idea of like what's medicinal and what's not, but also the idea of symbols and the idea of these stories, like the hero's journey and that, that DNA encoded information. So not only are we taking in our human experiences, but we also are sharing in to that, almost that Akashic records almost of this perennial philosophy and like the records of the world. And that's kind of why you actually study history to understand the consciousness that came before you. And that's why it's important to understand world history, but also your cultural history, because it, it adds a different vibration to the musical tone and it's a part of you as well. You know, all these things make up so many things like, your birth chart makes up a lot. Your past experiences make up a lot. You know, your cultural influence makes up a lot. And it's all like a piece of the puzzle. Right. You know, and just kind of, and then the environment you're born into makes up the most of it. Like you're the experience that you are, you could have the birth chart of a king, but if you're unfortunately stuck in Somalia, barely surviving, that might not manifest because the environment didn't give fruit for that to manifest. Exactly. Right. So it's again, it's you can't just rely on your stars and but it's also good to Pay attention to them. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, well so, said, man. Yeah. So, um, 
But yeah, man, so kind of continuing that conversation, because I love what we talked about with the animals, and something that's kind of beautiful, and why we're on this note of animals, is because they do have such a expansive limbic system, and talking to, I know one of our listeners was talking about losing a pet recently, and we do, we have these pets that are almost like familiars to us, right? Mm-hmm. And they're just like, no, that's my like soul's expansion. And a, a really beautiful thing that I heard once in that a conference, actually from the light.org. So it's the, 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 the mission of the soul, that chapter we're looking from, the brotherhood of light. When I was at the conference, one of the individuals who really works on the back end, like he organizes all the tests, because if you pass the test, you get into these like secret documents that are insane. I, I motivate everybody to go and join that organization so you could take and get those secret documents because they're amazing. But um, the guy that kind of organizes this, really highly intelligent, very highly intelligent, probably has an inter- interesting Mercury who's so highly intelligent, you know, that they don't even communicate as well sometimes because they're just, there's just so much going on in there. Of course. Right? Him and his wife, they do like all the organizing and the bookkeeping of it, but you could just feel it. There's just like so much information just like radiating up there. And he did a great presentation, right? But he, he did this one thing that talked about and it really stuck with me. He was talking about pets and he was citing an occult book. So he was actually citing an occult book, but they were talking about how this final stage of going into the astral realm and waiting to become human, that sometimes, and again, this is what he was speaking about, but we're kind of talking about abstract things today. The mammal will halt attracting another soul to help out its human for the rest of their life. And now they can only help you out as much as a human can, but they'll be there to watch over you and almost give you like an extra push in your gut when you're in a dangerous situation right. or like pay attention or maybe slow down. You know, you're about to, there's a big thing that you should see um, and not always out of danger, but maybe it's just like the person you're going to fall in love with is right across. The, you know what I mean? It could be anything, but they could help you out in like this animistic way. And they can actually like wait for you because you are almost like their guide on their journey to self-consciousness. Right. And your experience is really important to them. Right. And this is again, why we need to, um, so it's just like this beautiful idea that no, beautiful. these animals actually don't leave us to the idea if you really have this connection with this animal and you actually feel that after death, it could be waiting for you because they're like, oh, why would it wait that long? Well, it's also in the astral realm, so it's not in the time space. Condem- so we're yeah, at, we're yeah. talking about something completely different, but it can help you out in like animistic ways. I thought that was amazing because I do have that connection. And I know my sister, who's not a spiritual person in the world, is always talking to her pets that have passed on. Like, yeah. you know, she's just, it, maybe she's not vo- verbalizing it, but when she's quiet, I know she's talking to her pet. Like, it's just what she does. And she had a, she has an amazing connection with animals, she does. you know? Like, she definitely was probably um, some mammals a couple times because she has this, like, great connection. And again, it's maybe that's what, like, attracts us to certain animals, you know? And, you know, even, like, even, like, um, people, and you think about the archetypes of people, who oh, yeah. have certain kind of animals, right? Like the so people that have small dogs are a certain kind of an- archetype than the people of the really big dogs. Reptile people are a certain different ap- archetype than Absolutely. bird people, right? So again, we're just seeing this human, the beautiness of this human experience kind of fold out in front of us. Right. Um, so, you know, but as we kind of make that astral realm and we make that leap, we have that final stage before human and consciousness. And that's, so we have that stage that we're going to go back to the astral realm. It's that elongated stage because we're organizing all the experiences of being a mammal. And then we're continuing on that ladder to heaven. And now we've become human. Right. And now we've become self-conscious. Right. And 
we do have a consciousness. It's not like we weren't conscious, but the self-conscious as individualization has finished its process because now we're in the seventh note. So the next note is going to be the next octave. And that's when you take self-conscious into the astral realm. Right. Right. And then that's where people would explain if they were really, you know, virtuous, they explain going to heaven because it's a, it should be like a very reward, not a rewarding experience because you're still going through soul's growth, but you can experience love and you can experience fear and hate there. Right. Um, But if you've avoided everything, that's what they say. It kind of feels like hell because you have to go through those experiences, everything we have to go through, you know, that's why also alchemists were always like, do your work here because you have a meat suit to protect you. So if you do need to face some pain that you have to go through... Might as well be here. Be here because it's a meat suit, because like all you can feel love on Earth too, but imagine if you didn't have this meat suit and it was just emotions and thought, like how they process how stuff moves up on the realms outside of matter. You're going to feel it to the the higher extent than you ever could experience Of course. Here, right? But you're going to also could feel pain up there to an extent that you couldn't even imagine feeling here. Right. Right. Because you don't have that body to protect you. It's your shield. And it's just, it's a great thing for us to keep in mind as we're, as we're alchemists going on this journey, like you're going to have to do this work at some time. Right. And again, as we kind of talk about human reincarnation and reincarnation, human reincarnation is going to say you have, you have multiple experiences in this realm until you graduate to human. Right. And these, and these kind of Western um, old school Western magicians are going to be able to say like, no, it's only one. Like the Druids, um, I believe were kind of focused on the one. Um, really when we kind of got this universal idea was um, Flimblevansky. So when she was, um, when she was writing, I think it was the second doctrine or the third doctrine, she spent time in um, India when she was writing it and she was very influenced positively and maybe negatively, but positively for sure from like the gurus out there. Right. And she, that's where she kind of took this philosophy and brought it back. And then it got accepted really fast, but there was a lot of old school Western occultists who were like, whoa, 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 this is, this isn't exactly how we, you know, view it, but it did kind of champion. So it is interesting because we don't really hear the idea, this conversation happening as much anymore, but it was a very, very not contested conversation. Cause again, at the end of the day, they're like, we're not arguing about this. This is a conversation, but it was, I think the Western occultists were very wondered why it championed so quickly. Right. Um, And one of the things that we kind of bring up when we're thinking about that is like, well, how do you explain past life experiences right. through the other realm. And that's it's a great question, okay? So now, Western occultists who kind of believe in reincarnation rather than human reincarnation are going to say that that is an alignment to almost your birth chart. So you are tapping into somebody who has a very kind of similar birth chart. And this person probably has some kind of psychic sense ability. So as we all have psychic senses, it just depends how how much it's actually um, expressed itself. Right. But we just like every other thing, there's people that are come with natural abilities and there's people that have to work at it. But we have more senses than the five senses. We have extra, you know, extra sensory perception. And this was studied in the universities in the from the like 1880s to the 1930s seriously like why this disappeared was probably because it kind of went underground because they started using it for like bad things you know um there's we both had words today that we can't say because i'm not even gonna approach that word i don't even want to think about it i'm not even gonna think about it (laughs) it's all right Um, but um but yeah they they probably that's probably why it went underground but extrasensory perception was accepted in all universities. Now you go into a university and you start talking about it they think you're crazy but this was scientifically researched and 
very, very validated through the scientific method, probably more validated than a lot of the sciences that we're getting today. And so what they think of these birth charts is when people kind of tap into past lives is they probably have some kind of clairvoyance, clairaudience kind of ability where they, from their vibrations of their birth chart, they can actually vibe into another birth chart and kind of see that reality and actually see the experiences they can go through it. Um, And also... You have that one. And then if somebody was like a historical figure and made a huge imprint in the form with their energy, people can tap into that huge imprint. So this is why we probably have a lot of people who are like, in my past life, I was Cleopatra. Or in my past life, I was Abraham Lincoln, because we're talking about earth movers. We're talking about people who put their imprint of their energy in this form, right? right? And so, and really kind of, um, there was a story about this once, because there was this lady who was um, at a train stop. And she looked over at a house, and she was with her husband, and the train was going by, so it was going to take a while. And she goes, I've been in that house before. I can tell you everything that's in that house. And the train was going, and maybe it stopped or something, so they had time. And this was like in the 20s, so people used to do cool stuff like this. So the husband's like, let's go knock on the door and see if they'll let us walk around the house. They walk around the house, and it was exactly like the girl described it. Right? right, so she goes home and she starts telling her friends about it. She publishes it in the newspaper. Everybody's really ecstatic about it because they think they validated past lives. Well, her friend does a little research on the house, and it finds out that the house was built after she was born. So, how did she have this understanding? Well, she probably had this understanding. Is she probably had a very similar birth chart to somebody that was in that house at some time and was able to being in that cross proximity with her clairvoyance was able to tap into that energy right. because she was close to that vibration. Right. And again, it doesn't really like if that's what explains these, because I believe people who have these, these past life experiences, you know, um, and I believe they actually have these. And I believe in clear audience. I believe in clear voice. There's all the psychic senses I, I, I know to be true. Right. Um, so it just kind of depends again on where, what your cup of tea is on it. But it's very interesting when you think about the idea of the birth chart, because the birth chart really is. It's almost like a, a circle xenophone that hits those notes. Right. And when your vibration corresponds to another vibration, if you have that psychic devilo- um, ability developed, either you know consciously or subconsciously, you can tap into that vibration and actually kind of see through those eyes and experience that experience. Absolutely. Which is fascinating, right? But then you think if we did have multiple lives, there's probably those individuals that have that sensitivity to that psychic sense and that finer substance. They're able to um, maybe tap into those past lives too. So again, it's it's how we validate these experiences because we're not afforded the science anymore. The science was available at right. one time, but we're really not afforded it. And when you kind of talk about this, people are like, are like building your tinfoil hat for you. Yeah. They just like place it on your head and you're like, actually, this fits you. Right. Right. Well, I think this this kind of, relates to something that we've talked about before, but we're most likely of all the steps we've taken forward are learning to take steps back because by taking too many steps forward, you come with things like definitions to words that we don't understand yet ourselves within our subconscious. So we, we make words like coincidence, right? Or, or we make words like, or even just the word past live, because you're now like finding a way to segregate or like um, subcategorize such a universal experience we can all have and and agree on like instinct right so we gave that that is an instinct a definition and a name but it's like what is that Mm -hmm. you mean that contraction of your gut 
the the feeling inside um, behind your heart that sort of gives you a, a quick alert that then makes you pay attention in a way that you haven't necessarily focused just your attention onto just yet, but now you're 100% on. What is that? But again, I think to to what you're saying about the tinfoil hat is that it is true that people will start to sort of push away some of this information because there's no real way to identify it. But at the same time, those are the same people or all of us for that matter, agree on same th- something like instinct. And so I like mm-hmm. to say, or challenge people like that by saying, well, that's the, it's the same plane of existence that we're just sort of touching on right now. You know, Again, you're comfortable with that word, but we know what it is, but we don't know how to define that. You know what I mean? And everyone says, oh, so comfortably. Well, that's your, you know, your animalistic instinct or that is your motherly instinct. And it's like, well, maybe it's just an energy or a force that the soul knows how to recognize a lot quicker than you even know how to process within Mm -hmm. the brain that's in this human form. Mm -hmm. But the soul, the soul has been there. So the soul is basically tugging on the whole system in a way that makes you go, Hey, there's something here. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's the same to say about when, if someone declares, this is what I've dreamt about, or I know I had a past life experience. I don't deny their experience because it's the same as to deny their instinct Mm -hmm. by saying like, if you feel that, if it resonates with you, then there must be something there. Right. Um, So it's very interesting that science no longer takes a dive into that because I do believe that, um, it has a great influence on all of us while we're here. Uh, so we might as well just sort of like explore that before having to put a tinfoil hat on. It's mm-hmm. like, no, no, let's put that off to the side. Let's actually, you know, really talk about what this realm is um, that we're describing beyond our, our senses. So, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, you know, you do bring up a good point. Cause like I was thinking about it. So yeah, especially with past life, it's all like person on person basis. Like you can meet somebody who you're just like, well, you had a crazy story last week. That wasn't true. You know what I mean? So you have to validate it for sure. But I do think there is genuine past life experiences. I think there is, you know, genuine clairvoyance, you know, but then I also think there's people who might have mental inconsistencies who outlet it as okay through spirituality. You know what I mean? Like you see that sometimes at like, there was like a metaphysical school in in Arizona and I just remember meeting somebody from there who went to school there and they were they were talking to me about somebody who's like, Oh yeah, somebody in my class says that Shiva talks to him like all the time. And like I can I that there may be, but then it was like, but then it would switch up and then it would switch up. And it was always like and then the person was completely it was just like this interesting experience when you were just like, I, I don't know if like they would talk to us. Like, I think that they have a better language than that. You know what I mean? I think it's through that finer substances. And also like, they could have been talking to it, but you, you always want to use digression, like a digression on everything. Totally. Right? Yeah. So it's just kind of something that we kind of want to always think about. Um, and be critical with all spiritual stuff. Everything in the spiritual science can be proven through experimentation. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and it's just a, it's a beautiful process when we do apply that analytical subject to it. And it's just, it's just kind of important, but you know, we've made our way now up to the seven ladders, right? So now we're incarnated as a human. So we're going to the next octave. Yeah. And that's what we call this whole journey upwards is what we call Jacob's ladder. Right. Right. And as we climb the ladder up, um, we start to partake into more finer substances. Okay. And now this is kind of where the energy that we get to climb that ladder up is this is kind of where I've termed the word spirit. Spirit is the energy that 
is like the reverse gravitation. So like gravitation pulls us down as we incarnated into matter, and it was that pull. Spirit is almost that inverse of gravitation that pulls you up to the spheres of angelic realm and the spiritual realm. Right. So it's kind of that pull. It's that spiritual, it's that air aspect. And it's kind of like pulling you up and you kind of, it helps you climb that ladder. And as you make up that ladder, and again, it's, it's that alchemical seven step ladder, you know, and you're always climbing it and you're getting to the next ladder and you keep climbing up and we're always going through that process. But one thing we have to remember too, and this is kind of an interesting thing, as you climb the ladder up, imagine at the same time, every time you take a step up, you take a step down in the spiral staircase of yourself. So anytime there's movement on any of them, it pushes them. They're almost like, they're, it's, it's funny because they almost act like batteries that are the same. Like it's like a positive positive. So they're like attracting each other. So every time there's movement away, it pushes the other one further. So whether you do work internally or you raise up to experience more spiritual aspects, right? you're going to the same place because at the end of this ladder up and the spiral staircase down, you find consciousness, you find God. So it it doesn't matter if you're doing internal work or you're doing work to perceive spiritual substance. Every, every movement you make f- connects that, that connection gets stronger and you go deeper and you go higher. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Right? And, and I think the... The aspect of it's important too how it is always described as a ladder up because we can see once you see spirituality, you can see up to be like, you know, you need to keep climbing ladders, but you can see what's up, yeah. right? Where the self is more of a spiral staircase. We, we don't really know what's coming around the corner. And that's kind of what the self is all about. And that's the whole idea of shadow work. That's the whole idea of dissolution, like what we were talking about. And we're going to continue that conversation because understanding the subconscious is understanding that perennial philosophy, understanding that God aspect, right? It's, it's, that, it's that intuitive everything that our soul was to this point. It's the pattern. You know what I mean? Um, so as we go up, we also go down. Right. And it's that aspect. And it's like this mutual alignment that kind of happens. So... Um, so yeah, it's just a it's it's an interesting thing for the aspect of because like if we almost think about it in elements, right? So we have the ego, that true ego that we've been talking about, not that false ego, but that true ego right. is really that life force, right? So that would almost be represented as fire, right? Because that's what's pumping the heart, that's what's pushing us forward. Okay, um, the soul is more of the water because that's what records experiences and organizes it. And, you know, 85% of our brain is in the subconscious, right? The mm-hmm. subconscious we've always kind of considered as our, our own internal waters that we have to delve down deep into, right? And so the soul kind of aspects of this idea of water, and especially how water is so, um, such a conductor for electric, you know, so it could record that information. Right. Right. And then the body is the earth made up of the elements, right? And that would make sense. And then the air is that spirit. Spirit, It's right. what climbs yeah. us up. It's what pulls us up. And that's kind of that aspect. So again, we, you know, it's just, it's really funny because we we see these souls evolution and everything around us. Um, and we are born from this universe, right? We re- literally see that we were minerals. We were, you know, we were plants, we were animals. And then when we break it down, we're carbon, like everything's carbon, like we right. are from the universe. So again, it's this idea of 
reconnecting with that and then using that spiritual energy to climb us up that ladder. And also that spiritual energy gives us the courage to go deep down inside through the spiral staircase. Right. Right. Because it gives you, it's just that, it's that finer aspect of air. It's spirit. You know, it's what makes us breathe. It's what makes this whole system go. And again, you know, it's, it's the most important element when it comes to manifesting and maintaining life, right? We could go a while being cold, we could go a while without food. We can even go a couple of days without water, but we can't go a couple minutes without air. Right. Right. So, so yeah, you know, it's really kind of just interesting when we kind of even just think about the, the whole cycle. And I've got a really interesting aspect when we're talking about this, just because we did kind of mention the Druids and I found this really great passage in this from an old Druid, um, not really a text, it's more of a recite. So the Druids, very interesting, did not write down their philosophy in books. Their philosophy, their writing, they had writing, but it was only for record keeping and like money transactions. They felt that sacred knowledge did not belong in books. They felt that it was spoken word. And that's why they would speak this around campfires. And you would have these, these Druid priests who were just they were just libraries in themselves. Everything had to be remembered. They would remember a lot of stuff in parables, right? But we don't have a lot of concrete information from the Druids. A lot of this stuff comes from like Roman historians and stuff like that. And the little Druid sects that stayed alive because they were, they were definitely decimated at one time to get kind of pushed off their land, but they had all this magical stuff. Um, And just really quick, the books that they do had, they did have, they would collect leaves from the woods and every leaf was a different letter. And then they would string the leaves with twine and it would be this really, really long connection. And then you would walk through and feel the leaves. And if you knew the language, you could get the lesson. But that was um, the only way they recorded spiritual. Because like, if we're going to answer, if we're going to you know, record the secrets of nature, we're going to use nature. And that's where you use the term leaf of a book from. It's actually from the Druid leaves that used to do. So that's awesome i mean (laughs) that's right off the bat but i've got this great thing that they wrote about and they called their uh human reincarnation they called it transmigration but this is just a really beautiful way so it says i died as a mineral and became a plant i died as a plant and rose to animal i died as an animal and i was man why should i fear when was i ever less by dying yet yet once more i shall die as a man to soar into the blessed realm and such a beautiful way to oh, look great, at it. Man. Because like we have to think about that. This is what this actually does is it it solidifies the idea that we've had death in reverse. And you think about the fears that we have, and of course we have this fear of death, but you know, again, what were Masons like the famous ancient Masons were always spoken, like, why do you study the craft? And they said, Because I want to know how to properly die. And I just right. think that's such a such a powerful thing. Um, and I'm just kind of seeing through the notes. Um, yeah, it's just so interesting. And then when we think about this animal influence, and then you think of the totems in the Native America, you know, especially in Native America here in the United States, um, a lot of those cultures had those odes to animals and their names were after animals and their characteristics were after that. And again, you see that, right. you know, it's, it's very much apparent. So, um, well, the skip, not the skip, but the transition between, um, one host, or I don't know why I keep calling it a host, but you know what I mean by a host, you know, like the embodiment of this, what the spirit is embodied into when it transitions from animal to being, we like to think of it, I think in modern times as such a massive transition, even though it's so close to home, it's like, oh, well, 
I'm so much more intelligent than this animal um, based on the information that I'm being born into. So right now you can born, you're born into this era, you're going to be indoctrinated to all this informatics and all these things that we've accomplished over hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. But without that information existing, you would never not think you're just a fraction of the evolution of that animal. You would mm -hmm. actually accept it and not feel as though to be insulted by your level of intelligence or acquired um, uh, evolution as a species. You see what I'm saying? So like Native Americans didn't have that because they're not using any kind of in intense comparisons where like we are so much more than the animal. They were already at peace where they're like, no, like I'm just a hair away from being that <laughs> right. a while ago. And they were okay with it. They made right. peace with that where I think a lot of people – um, have worked really hard to eradicate that connection. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? To be like, no, no, we are these acquirements that we've had yep. over, you know, my father and my, my father's father. And it's like, mm, but okay. Yeah. But those are just like small things that they have accomplished over a, an extended period of time. That's not what, like, if I asked you to make this calculator from scratch, could you? And the answer is no. Mm -hmm. But do you and a bear share the same instinctive characteristics as for survival the answer is yes you know what mm -hmm. i mean so like i feel like they didn't deny that and we have done a really good job at like sort of avoiding that yeah altogether but it's yeah. like no you might learn something here but anyways i'm, I'm going off no <laughs> no i love that man because you know one of the things you brought up about the native americans not only did they recognize it they embraced it exactly it, it was part yeah. of their culture it was part of their history it was part of their lore you right. know and that's what makes it so beautiful and again that's why we we see this in mythology. We see this in all these spiritual studies, right? Um, but I did find this cool quote from this Druid book. So Please, no, it's, I want more. Right? So, each atom, an evolving life, each blade of glass, grass, a potential soul. And that's kind of what we see. And when you really start looking at nature as potential souls, you really do kind of get a... It reevaluates how you treat everything, you know? Um, and so, like, Druids really felt that consciousness was essentially the same separated only by difference of accumulated experience. So sep so they thought all consciousness was the same, just separated only by a difference of accumulated experience. That is, humans have been less complex things at some point in the past. An animal of a tree differs little from our own, just in complexity and concentration. Right. right. It's like, they. so this is exactly what we're talking about in Western. So again, Egypt was finding the same things as the Druids and the Gauls Islands, right? So this is like this universal idea and this like evolution. But one thing that this brings up to is how we treat our, and so like, this is really where actually when you get into the conversation about like factory farming and again, factory farming is discussed, like whether you're, you eat meat or not, like I'm, you're totally fine either way, but we can all recognize that factory farming is not good. Even meat eaters can be like, yeah, I wish we could do it different. Right. right. Um, and we can't, like, if we could go back to husbandry and we'll kind of explain why husbandry was, was the case, but let's kind of explain what the process of factory farming is. What are we taking into these factory farms? Highly complex organisms with limbic systems. What are we having at these things? Traumatic events, just fear and death, right? These are future souls. So when we're doing factory farming... And I know that people are like, oh, but it's money, money, money. I need to be able to get a dollar hamburger at a fast food restaurant. 
But do we understand the trauma that we're putting on souls? Because these, if this, if this is true, they're following up that ladder. And a cow, I don't know if you ever spent a lot of time with a cow, look into a cow's eyes. Oh, yeah. It's pretty close. Well, the reason why it's sacred in India. It's secret. Why is it sacred? I just look in the eyes. A pig. Pigs are highly intelligent animals, okay? And even like a chicken, like I know that it's not as intelligent as the other ones and it's a bird, but still it's recording these experiences. It could perceive fear. It could perceive fear. It, and, yeah, right? Sure. We That's one of the earliest things we're going to be able to do is perceive fear. So this is sitting inside them. Right. And this is what we're giving birth into the future generations, right? And so again, and I'm not making a thing like, hey, meeting has to stop, but like that process, like if we could get back to husbandry, I feel like vegetarians would be okay with that. So husbandry is the idea is you make an agreement with the animal, right? right. And you're like, hey, I'm going to take your life at one point shorter than you normally would, but I'm going to make sure you have food and water and I'm going to take care of you, make sure you're not cold and take care of you until that time, right? And again, if, you, if you're if you like really anti-meat and you're like, just shut up, Dan, just like fast forward. Like no, no, seconds, this, right? is, this is important. This, is, this relates back to the connection that I'm saying about the Native Americans had with animals where there was an agreement of the exactly. trade-off. But go on, I don't yeah. want to cut you off. Right, and like like when the hunter is pulling the bow and we talked about how the he makes a prayer for the spirit to leave the body of the buffalo before it pulls the air so it doesn't feel the pain. You know, there's a way to do this if we ha- if we need to eat meat. Like if there's, you know, I know there's arguments of people on both sides and some people really say we do. Some people don't say we don't. Um, kind of interesting side note, look up your blood type. Sometimes that has a lot to say on what you should eat, which is fascinating. But it that's is. No, I'm glad note. you said that. Yeah. That is absolutely but, true. But um, I mean, it's just one kind of factor you can look into. Um, but when we have this fear system, like, could this be why like the souls that are coming in, like these kids are like, we're having more depression and we're having more social anxiety problems than we've seen in the past. Like, and I'm not saying it's not their environment either. Cause these kids are in this terrible environment. They're stuck on technology all day long. Again, no harm with technology, but you know, in all things, not too much. Right. So right. they have no regulation on that. So I think there's a lot of stuff in the environment. We know the environment's huge, but man, there's some dormant experiences in that soul that has to be devastating. Like you've seen just, if you've seen one video of a slaughterhouse, like a factory farm slaughterhouse, you don't want to see another one. Right. Right. And if we think about this as the evolution of the souls, these are souls that are going to be incarnated as humans. You know, just think of the fear and like, why, what if we could pass them off on a pretty pasture? And these people probably had the idea of like, this was a good cow, like, they had such a connection to nature that when they were passing it on, they were seeing it as a liberation in the human. Like, go be a human. Like, you're ready. You right. know what I mean? And you're giving that love on the trade-off. Again, if you want to be plant-based, pay plant-based. But this was the way to do animal-based, right? Because right. we give all the different options here. Reincarnation, human reincarnation. We got both sides. Yeah. You know? No, so. I love it. Well, it's a, it's a good way to sort of describe everything that we've we've talked about up into this point in regards to vibration and patterns and all these these. Um, you know, definitions that we've brought up through through principles and everything else is it still relates back to the idea that we're all part of that oneness. And when we have our part here on this physical form, um, you know, we have to know how to like actually flow as nature intended um, for us to take our place in the next step of evolution as far as the evolution of the soul goes. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's set up for us. We've just done a really good job at like, cutting all the corners and finding a new way to, you know, make a, 
a spectacle of this or a carnival out of it mm -hmm. to where like the soul is kind of having to go through its own mace mm -hmm. rather than I think a very straightforward trade off of like its position from one entity to the next as it raises into these octaves. And I just think that's something we're struggling with right now, which is why I always get super caught up personally when, or I get very upset and caught up in people's conversations when they're upset that if there is such a thing as eternal love or there's such a thing as a vibration, it comes only from love and that there is this mass source that we're all from, then why would they ever allow for um, pain and suffering to occur? But again, back to the way the uh, the energy um, that that takes over that that or or takes over into that body, that host that's gonna you know make its decision here on Earth on its own journey, has its almost free will. And so, like I see that with people when they say, "Well, how can there be evil people?" Is what I'm more being specific. And how can there be good people? Like if if really we all came from the same source of love, then they wouldn't be bad people. So I really like that what you're bringing up as far as like the idea of factory farming, let's just say is part of that. You're cutting the process out and you're making your own process on earth based on like your manipulation of gaining power and taking control, which is then still having an effect on the aggregate, which then brings more energy to this mm -hmm. planet that has that negative um, aspect to it. And that's when people are, are I think, it's not until that happens that people identify that negative aspect and they go, well, if that exists, then you can't tell me there's a God. And it's mm -hmm. like, oh man, like let's take a few steps back before we like just point fingers at the bad person over here versus mm -hmm. the good person over there and why there's one or the other. You know, this polarization we've brought up in other podcasts, but it's good to know a little bit more about what drives those people to do such, such things and how it has a direct effect on the whole system. Um, and that's why I don't like to tell people or get involved in conversations that, Hey, we're in dark times. Like I, I respect if that's what you have to say about the time you're living in right now. But I'm sure if I travel through time, I could sit with another brother in there, there and say, they'll say the same, you know, like we're in some dark times. It's like, it's how you sort of choose to understand like why one energy behaves over the other, not necessarily just focusing on if these energies are behaving this way, then all hope is lost, mm -hmm. you know? So I really like everything we're talking about here and I don't want to go any further so I don't confuse any listeners, but I really, um, I really like the way you put it with regards to that topic and having the respect for the animal and understanding the trade-off that's happening there, um, is important to, to have an understanding over, you know, right. um, so anyways yeah man because it's just we're just breeding in fear it's just like fear and cancer we're just right. bringing into the human stream you know so if we could avoid those those aspects you know and then it changed the environment we could we could make so much happen exactly yeah? but uh but yeah just kind of a fascinating thing to kind of think about this evolution of the soul and just the ladder of the planets and we're kind of go deeper into it because you know we're, we're, we're speaking about that astral realm where you kind of go right. and organize all your experiences where this is actually where they kind of really think consciousness kind of has everything organized. And you actually, that's the gray matter in your brain when those electrical currents rub together that you can actually generate and pull information. And this is right. why you can pull information that you might not consciously remember, or you might need to, you know, a smell might bring back a memory that you forgot about, or a noise might hear back a memory. Like even just like scrolling through music, sometimes we'll like you'll find a song from like eighth grade and you're just like, oh, that's, I just brought back an entire night running around the mall being an idiot because of this one song. Right. It was a memory I completely forgot about. 
So, yeah. yeah, it's just a it's a fascinating thing. Again, we just kind of touched the surface. We'll really kind of look a little bit further in the cycle of necessity. But just a fun, great, like great little conversation to have with you. Absolutely, man. Right? Absolutely. Um, yeah, so Mission of the Soul. So we'll keep going down uh, this chapter from the Brotherhood of Light as we're also unfolding the seven steps of alchemy. I know I'm just reiterating again for those who just want a full recap and what's coming that's what's to come in the following weeks. And I'm really happy that we get to have this conversation because again, when we separate from this moment and we go and do our own studying, I always have a lot of questions, but you always do a really good job at just like basically clarifying everything I would have asked. So my hat's off to you, man. My guy, my guy. No, it's always so amazing sharing space with you and all of all of the other peoples with us right now. Yeah. Thank you so, so much. Always. Yeah. We say thank you, but I really mean that, you know, Daniel and I have these conversations regardless and so for you to be a listener is just such a um not just a blessing but such an experience that um i'm just always like so thankful to be a part of yeah it's it's such an honor to be on this journey with you guys and it's just so great keep sending us the good information the positive stuff even send us the negative stuff too because we can always you know shoot back a message to you um but one thing we did want to say because johnny who is the smartest and he's just like hey every time you guys get a review it's shoots out the podcast into the interwebs or something i don't really know how the interwebs work but i guess when you leave reviews on places it's really good for us and so if you guys don't mind on wherever you listen to podcast and if you're just bored at work killing time and you want to look up other places that podcasts play on please give us a review absolutely right yeah, yeah, no, I, I, we were talking about this before the podcast, and sometimes we're so caught up in everything that we're doing, Daniel and I, um, as individuals and other things that, you know, uh, we do in our daily lives that, you know, we do neglect uh, reading about just what more we could be doing better, or at least, right. I mean, we do read our, our our fan email, and and we're so thankful that when you do give us... Um, suggestions but yeah i agree putting out some kind of review to let us know how we could do better or if we're doing a-okay for those wonderful ears and those listeners out there um yeah and um and again too i mean obviously everybody who supports us on instagram through any social media um big shout out to all of our patron members as well oh yeah yes and we do have some material coming so sorry it's been a little bit delayed but we also we can make the announcement tonight. Oh, do the announcement. So this is really exciting. So Ed Dardo and I usually um, hang out after the podcast, and sometimes we partake in this one thing, and uh, we always kind of have some further conversations afterwards. And so we're going to start doing, for the patron, we're going to kind of do like an after hours where yep. we kind of are just kind of more of a relaxed conversation and it will just be kind of a fun little addition. So if you guys are in the patron, and if we ever come across something really good, like we'll definitely share it with everybody because yeah. we'll probably just turn it into an episode. But it's just going to be kind of like a sounding bird. And we're hoping to maybe even like, that'd be cool if we could have patron people calling in sometimes. Oh, that'd be great. That would be so fun, like having live conversations on air with you guys as well. Because I know there's so many people that I've connected with and we are getting the video interviewing stuff down too. So pretty soon we'll have other artists, other, you know, researchers out there really any kind of content that kind of aligns with our community we're really going to try to um kind of broadcast that off the website and do some interviews with because there's so many talented people in this network now yep yeah i agree um yeah look forward to that especially you know bringing in some some people that can definitely speak their mind because you know i know i'm going to say a million silly things and yeah the after hours will be even sillier because i know it's just gonna gonna be fun you know just a good time if you've heard me rant already you'll hear me really rant 
when, you know, I'm trying to stay, um, you know, or contain myself from just like interrupting and wanting to talk over everyone. So I'm really excited. Get, get that Gemini out, my guy. <laughs> I know, right, man? Um, well, cool. Um, I have nothing else to add. So until next time. Until next time. Excellent. Breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Not only does it give us the energy we need, it also gives us an opportunity to make a positive environmental impact. Earthling Food Company originated from the simple truth that what is good for the body is good for the planet. They create delicious, plant-based food that lifts us up rather than weighs us down. That's right, you will never find preservatives, refined sugar, oil, animal products, gluten, or any other crap that is environmentally destructive. Only the good stuff. Would you like a hearty granola that is both delicious and healthy? What, what about uh, something with zero cholesterol or an alternative to scrambled eggs? Earthly Food Company has you covered. They are a brand new husband and wife startup, so check back regularly for new products. Greg and Jen have been listeners and supporters of the Know Thyself podcast since our very first episode. We first collected on a philosophical conversation and then through the conversation learned about this really exciting new project that they were creating, which is a organic, amazing granola that they want to share with all the listeners of our community. Artisan granola and seasoning make a great holiday gift. Visit earthlingfood.company. That's earthlingfood.company. Did you say earthlingfood.company? That's exactly what I said. To order online and use the discount code know thyself that's one word know thyself for 15 percent off your purchase they are also offering uh, free shipping on orders over 70 dollars so uh you know order online today i would do it like right now <laughs>